I know it's usually usually they say Houston we have a problem, but KC we have a problem. That's two back to back losses, and I'm wondering should we be hitting the panic button? So with that said, welcome to Sports Talk KC. This is D Beats fourteen ninety two. What's up, KC? This is Lee eighty six. What's going on, y'all? This is Cowboy. Welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. Uh, we're gonna get right into it today because we want to get to our talk of our Chiefs. Uh, Let's get with the uh, Sunday night game. We had a uh, we had Philip Rivers, the old gun sticker, going against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They were uh, beaten uh, to by the uh, Steelers on their third string quarterback Hodge. Uh, he went for uh, fifteen to 20, 132 yards, one TD, one INT uh, for carries. They had Snell Jr. at a seventeen carries, seventy five yards. Connor came in with sixteen carries. 41 yards in the touchdown. And Connor also, John Connor also was their uh, leading receiver with uh, 78 yards, one TD. Let's get into the talk of the Sunday night game. Lee, what did you think about the old gunslinger, Phillip Rivers, going back-to-back weeks with a loss? Yeah, man. Um, (laughs) The Chargers just let me know they are who I thought they were. Um, basically, <laughs> I, I, you know, I was telling Beats earlier, I just felt that the Steelers were going to win that ball game. Like I said, I predicted them to win that ball game over you guys. So <laughs> I just, I just knew that the, that the Chargers were, you know, capable of losing that game. Um, it was pretty much like a home game for the Steelers with all the Steelers fans <laughs> being in that stadium yesterday. So, uh, yeah, the Chargers are who I thought they were, you know, Steelers, they may, you know, be going through some tough times this year with injuries and things and stuff like that. But they are one of those teams, man, that are well coached. They have a coach that knows how to coach within their abilities and their sort of speak their disabilities what they can't do so uh they have good coaching good coaching within mike tomlin um they possess a good running game as you spoke about with connor and that other kid uh you know they, they have a really good defense man you know there's some names on that defense like wow you know uh they just have a really good defense. They have what you need to win some ball games. I don't care if you have a third string or fourth string quarterback out there, but if if you can run the ball and play good defense and stop the team other teams run and stuff, you're going to have a chance. And that's what Pittsburgh did. They just, you know, they did what they needed to do: run the ball and play good D and shut the Chargers down. I seen that coming, you know. So it's pretty much my take on that. Beat you got something on that Sunday night or last night? Um, I did not watch this game yesterday. I was tired as hell from the game yesterday, being out there all day and yelling and doing stuff like that. That by the time I got home, I was I was pooped. So I I was up there nodding away in Nodville. Um, but I'm glad that the um Sandy, I mean not San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers lost yesterday since we've been losing two straight games. At least we stay, you know, a couple games ahead of them. Um, 
But I did see, you know, some footage of like basically the whole stadium was full of Pittsburgh Steelers fans. And then there was a uh, player from the uh, Chargers that said that the uh, person that runs the PA system that played the Steelers uh, little theme song or anthem should be fired. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that tells me everything I need to know that. And then they're pretty much – starting their third quarterback this year. And like you said, Lee, they just stuck with, with a good running game, had him manage the game and just play good defense. And like we were talking about before, and I think this is going to be a current theme going forward. And then as far as on this podcast of whether the NFL is getting back to, um, to the old days of smash mouth football, where you run the ball and you play good defense. And so, Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm just glad that they lost. I mean, I really don't have any thoughts on this game. I'm just glad that the Chargers lost just so we can stay afloat in our division. And we just, you know, so I'll just kick it back to you, Cal. Right. Yeah, I actually didn't catch the game either. Uh, I really wasn't too interested in watching it. Was a little depressed with the Chiefs going in with their uh, second loss yesterday. So I just watched Power, and I like to say RIP to Lakeisha. May she uh, rest as high in the heavens as she can. Um, but anyway, moving it along, let's get into the uh, Monday night game. We got the San Francisco 49ers, the unbeaten San Francisco 49ers, going against the Rams tonight. That should be a pretty good game. So like I said, San Fran is definitely flying under the radar. One of the only unbeaten teams in the league uh, next to the uh, Pets. So uh, I'm thinking this is going to be a real good game tonight. Lee, what, what are your thoughts on the uh, San Francisco and the Rams game tonight? Oh, big dog. Uh, yeah, that that game was actually played yesterday. So You know what? <laughs> uh, you're right. I was confused. That game was played yesterday. That was one of the big games on the Sunday uh, ticket yesterday. I apologize. Go ahead, Lee. Yeah, it's all good. But uh, like you were saying, man, that game between the 49ers and the Rams yesterday, um, the 49ers did pull that game out 20-7. to um, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, it was a spectacular day from Jimmy, Jimmy G, but um, he went 24-35 for 243 yards, one TD, and one INT. Um, like I said, it wasn't um, – big massive numbers from him he you know the 49ers you know they kind of just controlled that whole game with a sharp pass and attack and being Jimmy G being real efficient on third down and things of that nature um they have a real good running attack with Coleman and Brita you know those guys was able to pick up some good tough yards so um Yesterday, this ball game was really just dominated by San Francisco, just to be quite honest. Um, 20 to 7 may seem like it's not, nah, but it, the, the score, it was just San Francisco all day long, man. They have a real good defense, man. Um, Jared Goff, <laughs> they just kept him under wraps all day, man. He went 30, 13 of 24 for 78 yards no tds no int so they really clamped down on the rams offense 
yeah, Todd Gurley did not play in that game yesterday. So that kind of, you know, stuttered the Rams as well. Just an interesting fact, man, just a little quick snippet from the, a quick stat from that game. The Rams went 0 for 13 on third and fourth down in that ball game. I mean, that is just historically bad. But at the same time, the 49ers are really good, man. They uh they have a real good pass rush in uh Bosa and uh or you know, they they and with D Ford and you know, those guys can really get after you, man. Richard Sherman on the back end. So that was pretty much my take on that game, man. Um San Francisco just dominated from start to finish. The Rams really, like I said, they they couldn't convert a third down, you know, to save their life. So that was pretty much my take on that. Good win, good good showing. It was pretty much a statement game for, yes, I know they're undefeated and stuff like that. We're going into the game, but this was pretty much a statement game from them saying, hey, yeah, we know the Rams were in the Super Bowl last year, but – we're going to do this to them and we're going to do it at ease. So that was pretty much my take on that. Good win by San Francisco, actually. Beach, you got something on this? Hold on one second for you swing at the beats. I want to go back to another stat that you mentioned. Garoppolo went for 24 33, 243 yards, one INT. Yeah. Coleman went for 18 yards, 18 carries, 45 yards, one TD. Their other right, their other uh, rushing uh, receipt, uh, running back went for uh, 13 carries, 36 yards. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing is their uh, offense is a little bit uh, more balanced. Yeah, like how we were talking about with the Chiefs. This is what wins games. They had a total of probably about almost close to 40 carries between both uh, running backs mm-hmm. and Garoppolo. For twenty four thirty three, mm-hmm. that's balanced offense at its at its best. Right yeah, like like you're saying, Cal, you uh you hit it you hit it right on the head, man. Um, like I said, uh, I was kind of watching that game a little bit, and I could just see it. You know, like Garoppolo was real efficient. Like on third down, when it came time for him to pick up, you know, a couple yards, they had a good short. You know, West Coast ran offense seemed to be with the sharp passes, the slants and things. So they were perfecting that stuff, you know, you know, keeping drives going and getting good tough yards. And to go to go with a good defense like theirs, <laughs> that's all you need. So that was pretty much my take on that. And uh, let me go ahead and swing it to you, Beat. Sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to point those stats out. Oh, okay. Um I'm just going to piggyback off of what you two guys said because, I mean, I didn't – like, at this time, I was probably in the car on my way home trying to get out of Arrowhead. So, um, as far as this game, just from what you guys have said, I know missing Ty Gurley was a, a big uh, factor, and I did watch a couple of the highlights. But they there was an opportunity for them. They were at the goal line, and they were trying to um, put some points on the board, board and um, – they got stuffed in the run, and then there was another play where they tried to mm-hmm. do, like, a little pitch to their uh, running back. He just, like, pretty much dropped the ball, and so that caused the fumble, and uh, and uh, San Francisco um, got the ball deep in their territory, and then they went up and scored. Um, 
But like you said, Lee, um, that front four is pretty good. You have Nick Bosa. You you have D Ford over there. You have some other guys that they've drafted and they really are through the dr- building through the draft and uh, mm-hmm. fixing their uh, front seven and defense with uh, key additions of, uh, you know, um, free agents such as uh, Richard Sherman and, uh, you know, um, that running back Tevin Coleman with, um, you know, helping out with the running game. But like you said, I mean, like both of you guys said, you know, a balance, attack, um, you know, throwing the ball with efficiency and just playing smash-mouth footballs wins games. It's not about trying to be cute and nasty, <clears throat> try to throw the ball over the yard. It's, it's just about, I mean, football is a man's game. And, I mean, so, I mean, just big up to uh, San Fran. They're 5-0, leading that division. And it seems like the uh, Los Angeles Rams are having a uh, Super Bowl hangover at this point. So, I'm going to swing it to you, Cal. Yeah, they are definitely having a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, like I said, the uh, shout-out to San Francisco on all-around balance game. Very good game from them. And uh, like I said, they're one of the only unbeaten teams left in the season. So we'll see where the surprise in San Francisco 49ers will go this year. Uh, now, uh, on to the next topic. We got the Monday night game, uh, the Lions versus the Packers. Now, this one should be a good game. You got two gunslingers. Two uh, pretty decent offenses and defenses still hooking up tonight. Uh, I believe this will be a great one going down at Packers with the cheese heads down there. Lee, uh, what's your thoughts on the Monday night uh, football game tonight? Yeah, uh, I'm right I'm right there with you, big dog. Um, I think this is going to be a real good ball game um, tonight. Um, the Lions are coming off of a um, – by week so they're you know going to be kind of wristed you know things of that nature um the Packers are coming off a good win last week against the Cowgirls um beating going down to Dallas and beating them 34 to 24 um like I said um not really too much to take away from this game other than that it's other than it's going to be a good competitive ball game. The Packers are going to be without Devontae Adams for another week. But as we seen last week, man, Aaron Rodgers, um, you give him some time, keep him clean and upright. He's, he, he, he's going he's gonna to cut you up. Um, that's, that's without his top target. You know, he proved that last week, like I said, um, is the beat goes on with the Packers. Uh, like I said, the Lions are still without a couple of starting safeties and stuff like that, but they have a good a good enough defense and good good enough um, running attack and stuff like that with Carrion Johnson, as we seen a couple of weeks ago when the Chiefs went down there and battled the Lions. So, um, short and sweet on this one. This is going to be a hell of a ball game. Um, both teams really have a good defense and some good balanced offenses, um, sort of speak. So, um, with, uh, Stafford and, um, and Rogers. So this is going to be a good one. I'm looking for a close one in this one. I'm looking something towards the likes of 30 to 27. Um, I'm going to go 
I'm going to give the Packers a slight edge in this one because Aaron Rodgers plays so nails. You know, he's just nails, man, when he's under the lights in his stadium. So um, that's going to be tough for the Lions. But the Lions are feisty, and we all know that. So it's going to call for good. But I'm going to go with the Packers in this one, 30 to 27. That's my take on that. Beats. Yeah, with this game, um, I'm looking for it to be a close game as well. Um, you're right. Um, the Packers do not have Devontae Adams tonight. I'm looking for them to do exactly what they did against the Cowboys, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as mm-hmm. just keeping the balance attack, I guess this is just going to be a theme throughout this podcast tonight. Um, a balance attack with uh, Aaron Jones, their running back. Yeah. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers just being efficient, making a couple of spectacular plays here and there. And then on the uh, opposite side with the um, Detroit Lions, I'm looking for them to do what they did against our Kansas City Chiefs two weeks ago and, you know, pl- play the same thing, a balanced attack as far as not putting the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands and making him throw the ball all over the field, you know, give them a running game to help support them and uh, keep the defense honest and give the ball to Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay and their uh, tight end, TJ Hawkinson. So, mm-hmm. um, and then as far as the defenses, these defenses are, n- are no slouches either. Um, I'm expecting, you know, um, as far as the uh, Packers defense to know, because uh, they've been getting after the quarterback a little bit. And then the same with um, Detroit, with with them um, dropping their um, secondary, uh, having seven men back, and then um, rushing three or four. And so my, uh, my score is 30-23 Packers since they're at home in Lambeau. And that's my take. So I'm going to swing it to you, Cal. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't take the Packers as well. Uh, but I agree with every, everything you guys said, you know, every, uh, with the uh, both the offense. Aaron Rodgers is going to do what he does, you know what I'm saying, uh, manage the game and uh, work with what he has, uh, being with uh, Adams being out and things of that nature. Uh, the Lions, like I said, uh, uh, Stafford, you know, he definitely has that cannon. And I look for them to, you know, try to keep up with the Packers, but I see the uh, Packers being victorious in this game. Uh, But this is what we really wanted to get to tonight, uh, Chiefs talk. We uh, suffered our second loss. And I kind of want to read off a stat real quick before I kind of get into it that I was looking at online. Uh, We lost again yesterday. And during time of possession on the field yesterday, the Packers, not the Packers, I'm sorry, the Texans held the ball for 40 minutes of that game. Mm, mm, mm. The Chiefs' time of possession total for this game was 20 minutes and 12 seconds mm. that the Chiefs' offense was on the field. The Chiefs' defense. Their front is in trouble. 
Uh, we didn't get to the quarterback. We kept Watson's. The Chiefs defense allowed Watson to he needed to do to win the game. Carlos Hyde came in with a chip on his shoulder. He didn't have a fumble, but he ran out of the Chiefs defense. Our secondary showed up again this But we need a total defense. Second string, our second uh, dairy yesterday definitely showed up. So let's get into the talk of the Chiefs' talk. Said we suffered our second loss um, in a very uh, <laughs> silly fashion. The Chiefs uh, lost uh, 31 to 24 to the Texans. Uh, Sean Watson went for 30 to 42. 280 yards, one TD, and two INTs. Like I said, the uh, disgruntled and pissed off Carlos Hyde came in with 26 carries, 116 yards, one TD to show the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Should have kept me, buddy. Uh, their highest receiver was Fields with 69 yards, and Hopkins came up behind him with 55 yards. Lee? Let's get into this Chiefs talk, and what do you think about the loss, the second loss for Texans at Arrowhead? Um, it's tough, man. Um, you know, um, just to just to watch, you know, how it went down. Uh, it was a game clearly of decision, and you know. Um, it's just a lot to go on to, you know, uh, like I said, I'm stick, stick within the guidelines of what, like you said, man, it was tough. Um, me personally, we, no one likes to, you know, um, see defeat and taste defeat like that and swallow their own blood. You know, um, I just, uh, <clears throat> I personally hate losing at home. You know, if you're going to lose, we can understand probably losing on the road, but two straight home losses, that begins to worry me in a fashion that, you know, I, I never thought I would be worrying um, how I am now. Um, like I said, the Texans just came in and <clears throat> imposed their will, man. Um, they... They got after it, man, with a real good balance attack and, you know, everything with the run pass option and um, stuff like that succeed on the short passing game. And so, uh, like I said, the, the losses, it, it was a tough loss because, like I said, coming into leading up to this game, I thought it was an important game as far as conference-wise with the Texans, you know, in the AFC as well, you know, just to kind <clears> of <throat> – Keep keep track with the Patriots and stuff. So um, it's tough loss, you know. Um, so many times that that you know that the momentum swung in our favor, you know, just 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 seemed to you know get kind of lackluster after we got a lead and stuff like that. But uh, you know, tough loss. You know, I will say that uh, the second consecutive loss at home. So, me personally, you know, I'm I'm bothered by that. You know, uh, I'm just being real. I'm 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 bothered by that. 
you know. Uh, stick it to the question, man. Tough loss. So I'm going to swing it to beats on, on the loss here at home again to the Texans. Yeah, it's just um, very disappointing to lose two games back-to-back at home. And I can just tell you this, just from being out there, um, the fans, us as a whole, seem pretty um, optimistic, you know, tailgating. I mean, it was a lot of people out there. And then getting the game started, the energy seemed pretty high and electric in there. And then uh, I'm not going to try to go off too much off topic, but within those series of plays of Kelsey um, getting thrown down and the flag getting picked up, and then um, they had the interception, and then they um, go down. And um, I forgot the events, but somehow they scored or something like that, and then we get the ball with like 30-something seconds left, and we – uh, turn it over again, and then the point swings. It's what they're leading at half. I forgot to score. I believe it was like twenty three seventeen at that point, something like that. I don't want to get too much on topic, but you can just feel like the air go out of the stadium at that point, and it was very quiet, and it pretty much stayed that way throughout the whole game. And then what was that? The Chiefs' final possession few possessions in the second half where they the offense was barely on the field, barely. Um, but that and then that last one where they just went three and out. And uh, once they went three and out, what was that, five, five minutes left? A lot of people left. So, yeah, it's just, I guess – I guess it just feels like Chiefs fans were waiting. We thought, like, with Mahomes, we didn't have to worry about, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And now since the other shoe is dropping, I I just believe that we as Chiefs fans have PTSD from this, and we always think, well, same old Chiefs. And so that's what I feel like after this loss. And I believe many other fans feel that way like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I'm close to I'm close to pushing the panic button, uh, especially with the short week coming up. If we lose to Denver, then it's a I'm pressing the motherfucker. So that's my thoughts on the loss. It's just very disappointing and depressing because we had Super Bowl aspirations, and as of right now. I don't feel weary. I think we're pretenders, not contenders at this point. So that's my point. Yeah, like you guys were saying, that was a terrible loss. Let me get into another stat uh, of the Chiefs defense. Like I said, it seems like teams are uh, finding the cheat code to keep Kansas City uh, offense off the field. This has been increasingly easy for the Chiefs opponents considering Kansas City's struggles to stop the run. This is some of the tallies over the last three few games. The Colts ran the ball 45 times for 180 yards. The Houston Texans yesterday ran the ball 41 times for 192 yards. The Lions, whose rushing tack has been pretty dormant, 
they ran the ball 35 times for 186 yards, 5.3 yards a carry. So these are three games where the Chiefs defense has given up close to 200 yards of rushing on the field. What are you guys thinking about this defensive front and not being able to stop the ball and get off the field so the Chiefs offense can be more productive? Man, you know, um, it's frustrating, man. Um, you know, yeah, Chris Jones was out yesterday. Um, Xavier Williams is not out there. My thing is, like I always say, man, no excuses. The beat goes on. Um, you know, those guys, <clears throat> you have to do something, man. You, uh, you can't just keep letting teams just come to your doorstep and just muddy up your, you know, your doormat like that, you know, just keep wiping the mud on the doormat every time, you know, you have to eventually do something, you know, um, you have to, you know, stack the box. Um, we keep on saying this, man. Um, at times when it seems like they do some creative, like run blitz or something like that, bring, bring honey badger down and let him, you know, come and support the backers and your down linemen, it seems like that stuff kind of, it may not, we may not always get there, but it, it creates the offense to have to adjust to what they're not used to seeing. And that's what I want to see more of, man. Some, some stunts, some anything. I mean, just something to kind of stop the, the onslaught of teams just cutting us up like this. I mean, it has to be some creativity. You have to put with what you have on, you know, on the field to get you have to somehow implement in a scheme to stop the run. Like I said, man, um, Stack the box. Live with getting a a, a, a long gain or, or something like that, you know. But don't just keep letting teams just, you know, trickle down the field like that. Just eat like you said, man, alluded to. The, the Texans possessed that ball for almost 40 minutes in that ball game. And that's inexcusable. That is just... And that is historically insane. You know, if you, you know, you know, Pat is sitting over there and, you know, possibly go get it together. But if you can't get off the field, if you're allowing teams to pick up five, six yards on first and second down, it puts your defense at a hole in such a bond to try to have success on any particular series. So, as far as the Russian defense, man, I would, I, I, I just want to see some, some things, some adjustments. Like, hey, you know, we're gonna stack this box. You know, um, we're gonna force whoever to beat us. You know, because um, like you guys alluded to, the secondary has been playing good ball. 
you know um so it's you know something that needs to be looked at you know we may need to force force teams to try to take advantage of our strength and our strength right now is the you know secondary play it's not consistent but it's 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 been doing good and stuff like that. It's ranked in the top 15 as a whole, you know, um, just with the secondary pass defense. So sticking to the guidelines, man, with the run defense, it's frustrating. It, it, it really is. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and use injuries, you know, yes, that's playing a part, but you know, those guys are expected to go out and perform and stop the run as a collective unit. You know, Spags, y'all gonna have to get you gonna have to get creative, you know. Um, if that's bringing a safety down in the box to, you know, help and you know, keep keep stuff from spilling out, you know, you're gonna have to do that, you know. Something needs to be done. We're gonna have to put something on the plates of these opposing offenses for them to think about. They can't. They can't just continue to run it on us like that. I just want to see some creativity as far as run blitzes and things of that nature. So that's my take on the struggling rushing defense from our Kansas City Chiefs. Beats. What you got on the rush rushing defense, man? As far as my take on the rushing defense, one. I think it comes down to uh, a willingness to tackle, a willingness to play hard, and just an effort thing, in my opinion, number one. Because while I was out there, I saw plenty of guys in position to make a tackle, and they either get juked or somebody makes a move and they just miss the tackle. And then I don't see anybody coming as far as other teammates, once the first guy does get there, everybody else relax. And then, oh, and then they, it's too late. And they realize, oh, he missed the tackle. Oh, I got to go over here. And then the dude is 10, 15 yards down the field. Um, as far as the scheme goes, um, I think Spags is putting these guys in position, but obviously they're not, it's either either talent or just an effort thing. Um, only thing I can see as far as the scheme fixing it is like what Lee said, putting eight men in the box, whether you got to – I did see a lot of um, – it, it wasn't a lot of too high. It was, one, it was a lot of cover one that for as far as I was seeing out there, and the, and the guys were kind of up against, you know, you know, playing press man against uh, D Hop and uh, Will Fuller in their tight ends and things of that nature. Um, maybe they were in dime too much and having six DBs out there. Maybe you need to get back to your base where you have three linebackers. Maybe, maybe get Reggie out there a little bit more. I don't. I mean, the yeah. one couple plays he was in there, he made a couple plays, but they don't put him in there until the end of the game. I mean, you got Darren Lee out there missing tackles. You got Damian Wilson out there missing tackles. You got Ben Neiman out there missing tackles. I don't see why Reggie, I don't see why Reggie can't get any playing time, in my opinion. Um, I don't. And then as far as 
you know, the defensive line, they're not getting any pressure or even shedding any blocks. It doesn't seem like, you know, from what I've seen, Colin Stan Saunders still, he's still not ready. Um, he's getting washed out. Derek Naughty on some plays getting washed out as well. I don't know if you need a go to a five man lineman to, I, I mean, you got, you got, like you said, Lee, you got to get creative or something and, and stop that. Cause that's ridiculous. You know, like Cal was saying the past three games and these, I mean, these are talented running backs, but they, they ain't Todd Gurley. They're not, you know, Saquon Barkley. They're not uh, Ezekiel Elliott. These are like middle, middle of the tier running backs. And we're making these boys look like superstars up there, nearly gaining 200 yards a game. And that's what Frank Clark said yesterday. So, like I said, one, I think it's an effort thing. Two, like Lee said, you got to – you got to change something schematically to compensate for that. Like you said, take your chances. If you get beat or if they if they score, get big plays and score real quick, at least they score and you can get the ball in Pat's hand and have more possessions to do something. And maybe, I mean, this is kind of going off topic. I'm going to keep it in the range and then I'm going to give it back to you, Cal. Maybe we can, you know, run the ball more and play that time of possession game, like you were saying, to keep, there to keep, if anything, to keep our defense. If anything, our best defense is for us to be on the is our offense is on the field because our defense can't get off the field. I just put it that way instead of trying to make a big ass long point. So I just swing it to you, Cal. Okay, yeah, like you said, yeah. I mean, keeping our offense on the field is if our offense can stay productive and stop going three and out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, that's the key. That's that's that. You know what I'm saying? If we can stay on the field offensively. But to stay on the Chiefs uh defense, the hundred million dollar man, like I said, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on his ass. Uh Frank Clark <laughs> had one tackle yesterday. Uh I was scrolling down the book after the game and seen a post uh uh, uh from one of my friends on Facebook saying that the Seahawks definitely uh got over on the Chiefs with the Frank Clark situation. Uh, I know he played in the NFC, and Pops, Lee's dad, mentioned something when we all got together about the, the play between the NFC and the AFC, and that it's different types of play, different tiers of player. The AFC definitely has a lot more talent than the uh, NFC. But like I said, we signed this guy. He was a non-factor. He was MIA again. This week, with one long tackle, do we need to push the panic button and eject out of the cockpit <laughs> with Frank Clark? Lee? Uh, he could do all the talking in the press conference, but he ain't showing us nothing on the field. So, yeah. Um. You know, it's getting to that point, you know, where um, you're starting to you're starting to want to see something um, from him, you know, um, as far as pressure, you know, any anything to, you know, warrant <laughs> the money that 
put on you to come in here and perform the draft picks that were, you know, given up um, to acquire you. So I agree with you 100%, Cal. Um, yeah, one play he did make was a uh, was a big play. Um, really, really, in my opinion, I felt it could have made us go up 14 to nothing uh, early in that juncture of the game where he, you know, forced that um, fumble against Carlos Hyde and actually recovered the fumble, you know, to put the Chiefs offense in great position to, like I said, go up 14 to nothing. But sticking to the answer to your question, man, um, yes. Uh, at this point, uh, I'm not going to press that thing, but um, I'm, I, I'm sure looking that way to walk over there and press it. So I, I will I, I will put that out there right now. Let's just get that straight. Uh, I'm, I, I'm looking to go press that panic button on him. And the reason why I say that, um, you know, it becomes a, a willingness, like Beats just said, to want to make a play to want to have an impact and to want to be a game changer and stuff like that. You just don't see a different type of beast in Frank Clark last year. Um, the game where we specifically went up to play the Seahawks, man, he was wrecking havoc, man. It was, it, he was all over the field. You just seen a different type of animal. Um, in that game, I remember that game vividly because he had like one and a half, maybe two sacks against the Chiefs last year. And you just, you know, um, when we got him, I just always played played back parts that game where we played up there, where he was so you know seemed to be so dynamic. So yes, um. um He's starting to worry. Like I said, uh, me and Beach was talking earlier, and we kind of mentioned how D Ford in the in the in the uh, 49ers um, good victorious win yesterday. D Ford actually had a strip sack um, that was very big, and that's what you want to see. Um, I can say last year, and we were all talking about this. We had D Ford and Justin Houston to where we know pressure was going to get on the quarterback and it was kind of like a pick your poison type of deal with with those two and as pops was saying when we was all together yeah there's a different tier of uh tackles in the afc versus the nfc yes that that's absolutely right but you need to start performing up to something like I said, these guys, we you know, D Ford and Justin Houston is making plays in different systems and in, with different teams. So let's just put that out there right now. It's it's now put up or shut up time because both of these guys that you got rid of are making plays and showing that they are worth you know their contract. So, so that's why I'm looking at the panic, but not, not to say he's not giving effort or showing the willingness to want to make an impact, but the two guys that we got rid of are making plays with their respective team. And that's making a lot of people like myself, like, what's up? Like, they making plays. You need to do the same thing. 
So just sticking to the guidelines of the question, I'm looking at that thing on Frank Clark. He needs to. Chris Jones being out as well. No excuse, buddy. I need Khalil. I need something close to Camille, Khalil Mack performance or something. It has to be more than that one tackle, one fumble recovered. Come on, Frank. Come on, Frank. That's my take on Frank Clark, man. Beats. Before you swing it to Beats, Beats, you were there at Arrowhead. So, uh, like, I, like I said, I want to go with the question of um, Frank Clark. But did you notice anything, you know, with you being there, you get a, a good eye of the field. What did you notice with him uh, on the field yesterday? Did you, I mean, did you, did you feel that he had the effort or were they, were they double teaming? Like, give us some of what you think since you were actually there. Um, um, to be honest with you, I think it's just more of the same. Um, as far as one, they, I mean, he doesn't have anybody else on that line. He didn't, at least yesterday, he didn't, um, he didn't have anybody else on the line. Um, I mean, it's just the same old same. I mean, he sets a good edge and then, I mean, but I'm like, y'all, I mean, you, you st they paid you like you were like that, that top tier defensive end, like that. You know, one of the, you know, Khalil Mack type money. And I mean, you still have to perform. Um, no, not necessarily. Not, I mean, it's more the same. Not, I mean, not really. It's just as far as being there. I mean, I guess I don't, I mean, he, he's just not living up to the, to the contract at this point. I mean, at this point, he's just playing like any other defensive lineman on the Chiefs uh, defensive line at this point. Um, and like Lee was saying, and like you were saying, you know, he talks a good game, but when it gets in the game, he don't really, as far as the stat lines, he don't, he doesn't do anything as far as like sacks or even tackles. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I mean, just to try to stick to the question, no. It just, I mean, it looks, I mean, to me, it just looked very lackluster. I, I, I would point out to the, to the, uh, to that play where he was one-on-one -on -one with Deshaun Jackson. And I actually stood up because I was actually in my seat at that point. I was tired. And I thought he was going to put his ass on the ground and Sean put a move and spun and then went for the, uh, for the end zone. So I don't, I mean, I don't know what it is. It seems like uh, I don't know. And I've seen this with, you know, many other guys throughout the years. It seems like when you put on a Chiefs uniform, I don't know, maybe it's get cursed, your talents go away or something. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I also think with it with us also having all these injuries, that plays a factor and people can really eye in and dial in on Frank. But I just don't feel like it's a lot of intensity coming from Frank, man. You know, I don't – I want to see him yelling and getting in God's faces on the field, man. I want to see some plays. Oh, you mean as far as – I don't mean to cut you off. You mean did I say anything as far as that? Yeah, did you see any, any aggression from him or – Hell no. The only thing I saw was when he got that strip sack and got the football recovery, he ran to the end zone and made a pose. 
And that was yeah. it. That's the only that's the only big showing I saw from him. And 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 that's that's what I want to see. Like I I don't really I don't get that energy from the Chiefs defense, man. It's just like it's no aggression. It's like dudes come in here on the other side of the ball and just fucking man our offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, just to just to kind of like kind of like have a backspin off of what y'all said. Like I just said, talking about him. That game, that Sunday night game playing in last year, Frank. But yeah, man, like I was um like I was just saying in that game last year, man, where we played the Seahawks, you know, you could just see him flying around and just making plays, putting all kind of pressure and stuff like that. So I agree with a hundred percent. Like like y'all saying, man, you wanna see that. He was just like, you know, just like yelling and jumping up every time he'll make a good tackle versus the Chiefs. And that's how I look, looked at him when we acquired him. Like, okay, we getting that type of dude that's going to bring that, you know, that 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 tough mentality, that, you know, letting letting your nuts hang mentality like what he spoke of. So, yes, we do need to see that, man. And we, thus far, we haven't seen it. So that's my take on, on him. And like I said, our secondary definitely did the job uh, yesterday. Uh, we were able to get two INTs on the Sean Watson. Uh, we just wasn't able to capitalize, capitalize on the chances that our defense gave us offensively. Uh, the Chiefs as an offense yesterday, uh, like I said, we, this is a, a segment where we've been talking a lot about balance throughout the league, which the Chiefs are definitely playing one-sided football. Uh, Pat Mahomes went for 19-35. 273 yards, three TDs, and his first INT of the season. But this is where it all shifts. Rushing-wise, we carried the ball 11 times total. Uh, LaShawn McCoy had eight eight carries for 44 yards. Uh, Williams had one carry for six yards. DeAnthony Thomas had one carry for four yards. And uh, they had a a carry for uh, Pat where he – it went from negative one yards. They carried it. They counted it as a, a rush. Like I said, that's where the numbers are going down with the Chiefs. We're not getting any productivity from the rush. Uh, we got Pat on the field. You know, he's throwing a ball close to 40 times a game. We did have Tyreek Hill back, and he did his job. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, we knew Tyreek was going to show up and show out. He had uh, five receptions. Uh 80 yards, two TDs. Kelsey right behind him with 58 yards, zero TDs. And we had uh, Williams with 52 yards, uh, zero uh, TDs. But let's just talk about the Chiefs offense uh, for a second. I like the way they came out in the uh, first quarter. Uh, They were getting the ball out of Pat's hands. They were uh, doing everything necessary to move the ball down the field efficiently. I think everything changed was Pat took that hit. I can't remember which quarter it was, but everything changed when he took that hit till his ankle when the Chiefs offense began uh, stagnant again. But anyway, uh, Lee, uh, let's get some of your, uh, uh, some, get some of your thoughts on the uh, Chiefs offense yesterday. What did you think about it? Yeah. Uh, started the game off good. Um, 
you know, like I said, uh, I made sure that I pointed out the free play in which Pat got to run because they always take away those free plays from Pat. <laughs> it seems like he's always able to get the defense to jump off sides once or twice a game, but they never give him his free play. And the time they did, you know, that was a, a real big play by him and Tyreek. Just kudos to them too on that. But, you know, just to kind of backspin off of what you said, Cal, yeah, they came out um, – um, doing things the correct way, um, except run with pass, um, keeping the defense honest, um, getting shady outside the tackles and letting him run in space. Um, it seemed to be working and seemed to be a nice mixture. Uh, but uh, a couple of things that just kind of, you know, made me very upset with the offensive unit uh, after the Frank Clark um, fumble recovery, you know, um, like I just said, you could have went up 14 to nothing at that point. Um, if I remember right after that, uh, right after that turnover, it was basically three and out and you were literally on your 20 yard line in, in, in Texans territory, you know, so you really could have put your foot on the Texans neck at that point by going up 14 to nothing. But for whatever reason, play calling got kind of stale or whatever. It just seemed like aggression just kind of, it just seemed like those three plays were just so vanilla. And that gave the Texans a confidence, especially defensively. Um, we held them to three. It's ten nothing ball game. If you punch that in and put seven up on that board, like I said, man, it applies a pressure, you know, on that whole team. But uh, we didn't do it. Uh, like I said, um, the running game was working. Like you said, Shady touched that ball eight times. Those are pretty good carries, you know, run per average carries. You know that in those little touches that he got. Um, we all said it like. <laughs> He was running the ball good. I just don't understand why they didn't stick with it, you know, keep going with it, screenplay, stuff like that. Damian Williams scored a nice – his touchdown on a very nice mm -hmm. screen call, you know, to get his touchdown. So, it needs to be more creativity, man. They were trying to implement in some of the short routes with Pringle and Miko Hartman, you know, just to kind of get the ball out of Pat's hands. But I do agree with you, uh, Cal, like you said, after Mahomes took that hit to the ankle and also to his head, because if you pay attention to it, his head smacks off that, smacks off the ground. So that was kind of a, a, a double whammy with with Pat, you know, not only did the guy land on that ankle, but he hit his head. So, and I felt after that, it kind of made some throws come up short or something like that. Cause he probably really couldn't plant that, that foot on throw. So after that, man, it's, it's just, you know, just a lot uh, like he spoke on the, 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 obvious pass interference against Travis Kelsey on Mahomes 
first interception of the season. Um, that's clearly pass interference. Um, you call it, and that keeps that drive going with pass interference. Then you pick that flag up and then revert back and say, it was not to the intended the ball was not thrown to that intended receiver in which the interference took place on so you got that and you know off the line mixing in the offensive line woes um it, it's just tough for the offensive um unit as well um Sammy Watkins being out um again you know, seeming to have trouble, you know, if it's not Kelsey or Tyreek beating one-on-one, one-on-one beating, you know, winning in their one-on-one matchups and man coverage, you know, it's like Miko Harmon and Demarcus Robinson and Pringle sometimes struggle to do that. So, but the offense as a whole, man, is, you know, yes, we're dealing with injuries. Uh, Eric Fisher out, Sammy Watkins, but, you know, um, Got to get things back on track, you know, because it's a short week. Hopefully they can – hopefully Andy Reid can, you know, see what teams are doing to us like we're alluding to. Like, teams are running the ball on us to play keep away. Like, Shady was running good. Like, I don't I don't understand. Like, keep running the ball, man. Sweeps, draws, screens, do something – don't always have to be in Pat's hands for the pressure to always get to him. So that's what I want to see, man. Brushing the tag. I just felt it was doing good, but kind of got away from it. So that's my take on that. What about you, Beats? Uh, can you ask the question? Is it just about the rushing offense no, offense as a whole? Offense as a whole, man. Whole should bang on this offense, man. Yeah. All right. Um, like you guys were saying, that first drive to me seemed pretty, um, pretty much spot on as as far as getting the ball out out of Pat's hand into you know playmakers' hands, and then after that, um, I actually um, I actually watched the uh, the highlights of the game, and it seemed. Because I can get a different view because I can't really get replays like that within the stadium. So I can't really see it like that because it's, it's weird that, you know, you know how it is when you're there and you're at an angle. It's hard to see. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it seemed after that, um, like you said, they neglected the run game. They only figured it hit in. It seemed like it was like a three-to-one ratio as far as the, the pass run. And – for Shady to only get eight carries, 44 yards, that means he was at least making five yards a clip. I mean, I don't know why you don't stick with that. There was a um, – we said Darrell Williams had a screen or like a, a receiving catch out of the backfield that's, that went for some yards. I don't see why you don't go back to him and use him more. You had a screen that worked with uh, Damian Williams, and he scored a touchdown. We don't really go back to him. Um, it seemed like they were kind of trying to force feed Tyreek Hill a little bit, even though he was um, he was kind of limited. I could see them taking him and taking him in and out of the game. Uh, I get, I believe he had like ten targets and only came down with five of them. Um, Kelsey wasn't really a big 
uh, factor to me in this game. I know there was a uh, call that um, – a pass interference call that um, he was knocked down. As far as looking at it on the replay, um, it doesn't look – I don't know if – Wherever Mahomes was throwing the ball, I watched the press conference afterwards. He said he had a stop and go or in and up type of route, that that's where he was supposed to be. Uh, clearly, there was no Chiefs defend. I mean, Chiefs um, receiver over there, but the Texans uh, found the ball within the air and picked it off. Um, I guess that's what it looked like, but on the replay, it doesn't look like look like. Looked like he was supposed to be there. Just looked like I don't. I'm not sure he did. Obviously, get tackled, but um, I kind of, um, for the past couple of years, have questioned Kelsey's toughness. It seems like all you got to do is blow on them up, on them, on them, and he'll fall to the ground. And basically, what I mean by that is defenders. All you have to do is get your hands on them and frustrate them, and he becomes a non-factor. He's not. I mean, he was elusive sometimes after the catch yesterday, but most of the times he's not really elusive like that. Um, and then just just back on this balance thing, you uh, when you were talking about the offensive stats, Pat threw, threw the ball or had 35 attempts, and we only ran the ball 11. I, I really say 10 times because I don't count that what they count at getting losing four yards a rush. I, I don't I don't agree with that one, but you only run the ball ten times in the whole game. And you had like fifty something plays, like you can't you can't at least get that up to eight more times or even ten more times if that to help your defense that's struggling to stay off get off the field and get your ball back. Um so and then in the second half, you only have the ball for what under five minutes, and you on two key possessions, you go three and out. It just seems like I think he's just too smart for his own good, or just stubborn, and think he can outscore people with you know having Pat drop back the ball for forever and have the receivers work downfield, which your personnel right now isn't that good to beat coverage because from what I saw from the beginning from the Texans, um, I'm not sure what the coverages was as far as the looks. It was single high all day, one safety back. The rest of the uh, defend, uh, secondary defenders were up on pre uh, were up uh, press coverage against our receivers. Demarcus Robinson had a key drop in the end zone. Um, where, you know, he didn't necessarily beat the guy, but he did have leverage on the ball and did not come down with the catch. Um, like Lee was saying, Pringle had a couple of catches, and, uh, but for the most part, he wasn't getting away from man coverage. Miko Hardman had a, good, a couple out routes where, the, uh, where they caught the Texans and uh, praying, uh, giving them a cushion. And Tyreek Hill had a couple catches like that also. Uh, like I was saying, uh, Tyreek Hill on those out routes and uh, getting a couple catches that way. But it just seems like Andy Reid is just gun hold on throwing the ball deep and 
it seems like like I was telling uh, Lee earlier today that you know it seems you know Patrick Mahomes been around Andy Reid too long for his own good too because he wants to throw the ball and hold on to the ball too, and also on that uh, play that uh, he reaggravated his um, his uh, ankle. I didn't even I wasn't even aware of that because one there wasn't a replay of it two. Um, I, I just didn't notice it. He seemed kind of fine to me, but, you know, looking at the uh, highlights or whatever, um, clearly you see that the uh, TV cameras were uh, zoomed in on him and his ankle, and he was pointing to it. So, yeah. And then also a thing that's plaguing this offense is um, penalties, you know, holding, uh, offensive interference, just this stupid mental mistakes like that that gets us in third and longs where def- where you know the defensive uh linemen and uh defensive coaches can be aggressive and our offensive line on that uh, left side is pretty banged up. You got a couple backups in there and they seem it seemed better than the coach game to me, but uh we really don't know because in that second half the the Chiefs only had the ball but less than five minutes and um, pretty much the defense was out there. And so, yeah. So Andy Reid has to make some, he got to make his proper adjustments as uh spags and uh, keep to, uh, I mean, he did in the, with that first 15 play script or whatever you want to call it that he draws up before the game. But after that, he just went back to his old stuff and, start trying to, you know, spread things out and throw it deep. Like, man, stay committed to the run game. I'm, I mean, I'm starting to, you know, question like how the Philly fans, when he was there, you know, he never wanted to run the ball. He always wanted to throw the ball. And that doesn't build tough – to me, that doesn't build tough teams when it gets cold outside in December and January and you got to run the ball and play good stout defense. You can't – this is football. You can't – try to be too cute and finesse. You just got to impose your will on your opponent and beat the man in front of you. So that's my thoughts on the offense. And, and with that being said, the Texans wasn't pretty at all. It was run the ball, smash mouth football, get your chances with uh, Deshaun Watson's uh, arm whenever you can. It wasn't a pretty victory. They were taking – they were just moving down the field on us. Running the ball, you know, taking time of possession away from the Chiefs. It doesn't have to be pretty. And it, it ain't got to be a thick chick at the club every time. Sometimes we're going to take a, we're going to take one for the team, take a bad one home. You know, uh, uh, one that ain't so good home. It ain't got to be, the, it ain't got to be the bad bitch every week, uh, Andy. And another thing, uh, with that boneheaded fucking play before the half. When uh, we should have just downed the ball, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and sack Mahomes ended up get uh, uh, causing a fumble. That was stupid as fuck. It was seventeen seconds left. Just down the ball. Get off the fucking field. Then you give him another uh, a scoring opportunity before the half, and they get the ball back. <laughs> right. right, and that's that's what I was gonna touch on too. Like I said, I'm gonna go back to that to that first to that first offensive blunder, you know, to possibly go up fourteen to nothing. You leave four points on the field. Yes, you got the field goal, but you left four points on the field. And then 
I can see them being aggressive because it was actually 35 seconds on the clock and we had all three of our timeouts up to the half. And so they were trying to be aggressive to possibly get a field goal right before the half. But in the nature that you did it, you wait. This, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Pat was under center in that situation with a hobbled ankle. And then you'll have him try to drop back under center instead of being in the shotgun in some aggressive type stuff. You wait to put him under center like that, knowing your offensive line is struggling. Nah, if you want to be aggressive, put him in the shotgun, spread him out how you want to do. Why at that juncture of the game, right before the half, you want to put him under center and drop back? Nah, man. The de- their defensive line was eating all day against that left side of our offensive line. Bad call, man. Bad call. I agree. That play right before the half, that was very big. That's an 11-point swing, man. That is a point swing in that ball game. It was just bad. Then they come back from out of the halftime and the, and the Texans held the ball for like eight minutes of that third quarter. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. It's just, it's just like you said, I mean, Andy comes out with the first 15 plays and after that, it's just all a cart. You know what I'm saying? Uh, whatever I got. You know, uh, it's just it's just sad. And like I said, teams are figuring out the cheat code, and that's keeping our offense grounded. But our offense is also becoming stagnant in key situations, like you said, going three and out, uh, not utilizing the run. We have to make our proper adjustments. Carrying the ball 11 times in an NFL game for 54 yards is not going to get it done. We need to be carrying the ball at least 18 to 22 times a game, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, we, we got to, we, we gotta, like you said, keep the defense honest, man. Keep them on their toes. And yesterday was just a disgusting loss <laughs> from the Chiefs, man. I mean, uh, like I said, after that first half, it, it was just – it was nothing to see after that. The Texans opposed their will on the Chiefs. Like I said, the best the best defense you can have is to keep our offense off the field. But like I said, our offense was shooting ourselves in the foot with all the penalties and uh, the lack of production on uh, advancing the ball down the field, keeping Pat protected. Uh, Seventy five again, terrible game. What's his name? Irvin. Yeah, another terrible game. Um, Can I interject right here, uh, real quick? Go ahead, man. Uh, I just wanted to point out um, two things. One, because you just brought it up, Cam Irvin. I also, I also did not notice that. I don't know why. I don't. I just, it's just weird, just being there, and then you get to see it, but you don't get like, like you get some replays if you know if they score, if it's a big play, but if it's if it turns to something that you know a negative play or anything, you don't really get anything after that so if you miss it or you just follow the ball you don't really see that thing I mean you don't see like the line play or anything unless you're you know really focused keyed in on Mm -hmm. that but my other point I wanted to uh, make like you said the Houston Texans 
you know, usually they're a big play team. And they took their shots when when it was available. But like me and Lee was up there talking about earlier today, and what you said earlier, like they ran the ball, but then they were using RPOs and using little bootlegs and running to the left and then having their receivers flow over there and throwing little four-yard passes or throwing slants to D-hop, four-yard pass, or running little pick plays, four-yard pass. There's If you want to throw the ball, there's different ways to do it. You don't have to just sit back and shotgun and have your receivers who can't beat man coverage always just run down the field. And I want to bring up this other point that I watched on um, Showtime inside the NFL with, uh, you know, they have um, Phil Sims and uh, uh, Brandon Marshall, Ray Lewis, and uh, what's the guy that got the uh, the uh, receiving hairline that colored it in, James Brown or whatever. Yeah. Man, they're all there. And, they, and Steve Smith came on the show and broke down why the uh, – they broke down last week's game against the Colts. And Steve Smith said, well, they don't have any receivers that run real routes. And he broke it down within like a couple plays that show that he's basically said Andy Reid is telling these receivers as far as Miko Hardman, um, um, help me out, Demarcus Robinson and Pringle, they're just running to a spot on the field. They're not really, they're not running routes. Like, they're not running comeback routes. They're not running crossing routes. They're not running slants. They're not running in routes. They're not running out routes. They're not running post. Nothing. They're just running to a spot, and, it, and it's putting so much pressure on Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, and especially when you playing, when they're playing man to make a perfect throw every time. Nobody's coming up wide open. And so, that I mean, that's the frustrating thing. You saw – if anything, they should have took a page out of the uh, Houston Texans playbook with the dink and dunks and, and a thousand, you know, a thousand, uh, a thousand cuts. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm sorry to go on that little tangent, but that kind of just pissed me off because you just brought that up and it just clicked, just clicked in my head. So I'll send it back to you. Yeah, like I said, man, if y'all got something, feel free because, like I said, I can't, I'm not going to be able to touch on everything. But, like I said, it's just so much. Like you said, the dick and the, the dunk method, like, you know, just chipping your way down the field is a good method. You know, like I said, we can't always go for the home run. We need some slat, some, some, some slants, some, you know, some, some, some different ways to make this offense more productive. Mm. And, the, and the Texans definitely did that yesterday. They, they cut it, they cut up, they carved up the interior, the midpoint of the defense yesterday. With those little chip plays, and it got them down. It got them down the field. They were more productive. Time of possession, more productive. Keep us on the fi- keep, keep the offense on the field. Uh, keep our uh, Kansas City offense off the field, and they did that. Uh, I just like I said, it's a short week. We got the Broncos coming up, so I'm just really scared at this point. So I don't, I don't. I don't. It's not enough time with it being a short week to even try to tackle the issues that we have right now. Uh, Eric Fisher haters, I bet you're missing them now because I sure in the hell am. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to reiterate on or anything that you feel I may have missed? Any other things in this Chiefs team? Uh, I'm going to just say this. 
I'm gonna just say this, man. Um, yes, we're upset with these uh, two back-to-back home losses. You know, um, I'm I'm not gonna hit the panic button. You know, all my guys. On you know, I'm I'm not gonna hit the panic button just yet. You know, um, they are dealing with injuries and things of that nature. But like I told Beach earlier, I am going to get it off my chest, you know, and and express my discomfort with them. But I'm not going to hit the panic button on them just yet. Um, Like I said, they're missing some key guys. Eric Fisher, get back. Hopefully we can sure up that protection and – Stuff like that. Um, Sammy Watkins should be, you know, heard. He may play Thursday. So that's a plus. You know, you will have a guy that has it all up here, you know, as far as the game of football goes. You know, you will have him and Tyreek and Kelsey, in my eyes, that can beat man coverage. So that will be a plus. But, you know, um, what kind of made me feel good, just, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I'm feeling good because this is two back-to-back home losses. So, but what kind of, you know, lightened me up a little bit was um, I heard that they were saying on the radio earlier was that <clears throat> Clark Hunt was by far, yeah, I mean, he was letting his presence felt and letting it be known that he was just visibly pissed off. Um, They said he really didn't speak to no one how he usually does. Um, It was some times where, uh, you know, the press conference was going on to where he had kind of come in there and peek in and then usually, you know, shot right back out. So, you know, as Chiefs fans, let's not, you know, it's a short week like I was telling Beach earlier, man. The reason why, you know, kind of getting over it, you know, this second loss is, it's a short week. Um, This is a chance for us to get some quick redemption, you know, uh, just fix some of the small things. Cause like Beats was saying earlier, man, it comes down to a willingness and guys being in the right spot to make the tackle. And that's what I see a lot of guys just not coming up, making the tackle, just not uh, proper coaching adjustments to put guys in the right spot. So we're not going to press it just yet. Yes, we have two losses so far, but at this point, like I was getting to Clark Hunt, let it be known. And that should be something that we as Chiefs fans kind of say, okay, which he should, he should, he set the precedent for the precedent for the season early on. He wants the trophy with his daddy's name. And right now he's not seeing the tools being put out on the field to do that. And he was visibly pissed, you know, that, that comes from uh, multiple sources, you know, that Clark let it be known he was pissed. And so hopefully that lights a fire and stuff like that, because he usually does not do, do things like that after a loss but he made it a point to do it yesterday where he showed his face, stuff like that. Usually if they lose, he'll, you know, just kind of stay back or whatever, come down a little bit later. But nah, he was, you know, he was on the scene and was visibly pissed about it. So um, he knows, he knows we're not, 
you know, exceeding expectations right now. And that comes from the top. He's not going to just sit back like his father, you know, and let things happen. He wants a championship and he wants success now. So, you know, that just kind of made me, you know, kind of right along with playing on a Thursday night to get back, to get this losing taste out of our mouths. So, I just wanted to put that in there, you know. We're not going to hit it yet. Yes, we're worried and stuff like that. We have glaring issues. We do. We do. We can, we're not going to try to sweep that under the rug. But this team, is too, this team is talented, and this team has very good coaching and things like that to succeed. We have the cream of the crop when it comes to the quarterback. So I'm not going to press it yet. But I am worried, and we should all just kind of, you know, take a take a deep breath and realize Clark sees it too, and he let it be known. I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Clark was visibly pissed yesterday, so you know we shall see. It just comes down to a willingness and a want and a desire to succeed, and right now they're not showing those three things. That's just my take on it. But it's a short week. It's a short week. And uh, I got this from a um, reliable source that uh, after the game, uh, Andy Reid was parked backwards in his F-150 at uh, Jim's, getting him uh, some tots and a double cheeseburger. And uh, he, I'm sorry, a double bacon cheeseburger uh, in front of Jim's. So he's too worried about having Jim's open up on Sunday night after a home loss getting his crispy tots and his bacon double cheeseburger and his F-150 at James Diner. need to stop pulling the wool over the Chiefs fans' eyes. Get this offense in gear. Get your team in gear. Yeah. I'm tired of it, man. Your James card will be revoked. <laughs> it will be revoked, Andy. I just to add on to that, to the Andy Reid thing, I was telling uh, Lee about this earlier when he was up there talking about Clark Hunt. I think we do have to question if after this game this week, Thursday, if they lose, I'm pressing the panic button and I'm looking oh, at yeah. two guys. Yeah. Yeah. And Brett Peach. Because these guys, I'm just gonna make this quick and short. These guys have failed to build this team through the draft. We have not had a good draft since John Dorsey draft. Patrick Mahomes and Kareem Hunt. We have we have visibly uh, most of our starters are guys that are free agents or throwaways from other teams. I do mm-hmm. I, I do disagree with the way they have built this team through free agency. I don't think you build your team through free agency. I believe you do it through the draft. Now right. you can have you know. Keep, Key spots you can have, you know, free agents here and there, but you should not be building your team free agency. If you think about it, I'll go through it real quick. Frank Clark, uh, Anthony Hitchens, even uh, Reggie Ragland, Damian Wilson, Darren Lee, Emmanuel Ogba. Um, am I missing anybody else? Oh, your corners, Kendall Fuller. Um, Morris Claiborne, Rashard Breeland. Most of your team are throwaways. You have to build through the draft. That's all. That's my. That's my last thing. Yeah, 
I agree on that. They, 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 we haven't had a good draft class since uh, Dorsey. I, I definitely agree with that. That was, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, we will be doing a uh, special Wednesday show for the uh, Chiefs uh, Thursday night game. So, we'll be back uh, Wednesday. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to cover on or that we may have missed? I'm good. I'm good, man. Yeah, we need to take care of business uh, Thursday, but I'm not going to get too much of that. We'll, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. But uh, that kind of concludes another episode of Sports Talk KC. Uh, I'm your ho- one of your hosts is uh, Cowboy. You can find me on uh, Facebook or uh, Instagram at uh, Calvia. They checking for you, D Beats. Where can they find you, buddy? D Beats fourteen ninety two Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, just want to say thanks for listening and share the podcast with your friends and family. Thank you. On to you, Lee. Yeah, Lee eighty six. Uh, you can find me on the social media outlet Facebook, Radham Jones. Uh, like I said, man, like Beast was saying, we uh, appreciate and uh, thank everyone for supporting us and sharing and, you know, extending the Sports Talk KC to um, extended friends and stuff like that and family. So thank everybody just for the exposure and the support. And, you know, like I say, every time uh, we'll be here, long season, tuning in, bringing it to you live and direct. So tune in. Yep, yep, yep. We appreciate you guys. Keep keep doing what the guys said. Like, uh, we're doing this with y'all. You know, uh, we love the game and we love to talk about it. So, uh, just keep checking for us. We're going to keep pushing. So, uh, like I said, the guys and myself are a little bit disappointed. So, we're going to go ahead and just sign out. We'll see you guys Wednesday. Remember to come listen and hear what all the talk is about with Sports Talk KC. We out. Holla. Holla.